0: Hey friends, it's Eric Hulker and welcome to another episode of Behind the Headlines. Did you find yourself starting another streaming service this week as you wanted to catch hard knocks on HBO Max? Yeah, me too, and just about every other Michigan sports fan did as well. On this episode, we jump in with the Dungeon of Doom. We talk to Kyle Mikey and Ben Raven about the Lions, about the documentary, and what we can expect this season. As I said, our guests today, Kyle and Ben, are going to break down everything surrounding the Lions as we are midway through preseason. And my co-host, as always, drinking the Kool-Aid by the gallon, Vice President of Content for MLive, the one, the only, John Heiner. John?
1: Thank you, Eric Colchran, as always, for that wonderful introduction. And Eric you're a media guy. Uh, I thought I had all the streaming services that I need. I have about half a dozen streaming services. I can't even keep up with them. I feel guilty when I get the bills every month. But this past week, I added yet one more streaming service uh, that I didn't think I needed. But absolutely, I do need it. And that is HBO Max. And our guest today could talk about why I need it and uh, why I've enjoyed it so far. Uh, and will probably continue to for the next four weeks. We have with us today our our lead writer for the Detroit Lions, beat, Kyle Mikey. Welcome back.
2: Hey, John. Good to be here. Thanks for for having me.
1: And his colleague uh, in the booth, Ben Raven, uh, also a Lions reporter. Uh, Welcome back to Behind the Headlines, Ben.
3: Thank you. Yeah, feeling like a veteran of this show already. Yeah, like
1: we always joke about, but you get to five visits and you get the smoking (laughs) jacket like on Saturday Night Live. You get to go to the lounge. Here I'm working from home. I got to borrow it as become come over. But hey, uh, you know, I know the listeners are on the edge of their seat because I, my great teaser uh, lead in. But uh, Kyle, why don't, you, why don't you tell folks what we're talking about in case they've been living in a cave in Afghanistan for the past uh, month or so. What is happening with the Detroit Lions and why are they the hottest ticket, at least on streaming services right now?
2: I do think, like, half of Detroit is drunk on Kool-Aid right now. Just, just based on, like, John, I, I, I swear to you, I was in Trader Joe's last week. I'm picking out my groceries, and I can hear a very loud conversation about harden hockey. And I'm like, I got to just see what's happening. I peek around the corner expecting to see someone in, like, a Lions jersey or something to prompt that conversation. And nope, it's just, like, the clerk at Trader Joe's. Talking with customers about Hard Knocks, like a casual conversation with that I have no idea how it came up, but like that, that's like been kind of the fallout that I've seen over the last week after the the debut episode of Hard Knocks. I, I think it really, you know, starts with the optimism that's been growing around this team anyway. Dan Campbell is a quote a minute. I mean, you spend any time around that guy and he's going to say something either illuminating or extremely interesting um and as they started to play better down the stretch last year guys played really hard for him and you could see it in such a tangible way on the field which is not something you usually see with a losing team I think people started to buy in with you know to what he was selling obviously there's a lot of things that have to fall into place for this team to win but we've seen some of those things happen over the past few months with the drafting of Aiden Hutchinson the trade up for Jamison Williams, um, the the return of the, the big five on the offensive line. So a lot of things to feel good about with where Detroit's headed. And now you throw a bunch of HBO cameras into training camp, uh, a rendition by the number two overall pick of Billie Jean that's gone, you know, gone a little viral, things like that. Um, that's how you end up with everyone talking about the Detroit Lions.
1: <laughs> right. And Hard Knocks is a limited run streaming series. I guess five episodes being filmed. It's a reality TV being no. filmed in Allen park at the training facility, but they also go outside of Allen park to the players like Aiden Hutchinson's home. They you meet their family and stuff, but a lot of talk, uh, Ben has been about Campbell and culture change and all that stuff. And I think the intriguing part for me, yes, the insider stuff is interesting, but having been a Lions fan for a long time and reading your content, I get a sense of what's happening inside the team. But for me, it was all that talk about what the, this mojo that Dan Campbell has. And that was, I thought that really came through in the first episode.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, it was he was an easy pick for who's going to be the star of the show heading in for sure. And I just think that... Uh... I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to, for the country to see the side of Dan Campbell we got to see at the end of the year last season. He's not just a meat hat. He's not just there to bite your kneecap and get a quote like that. Yeah, he will make you laugh with some ridiculous original quotes. I mean, like Kyle said, he's a quote a minute for sure, but I just, uh, I think you can sense just the culture change of where it was my first two seasons on the beat. I mean, we went from covering a team that traded every personality they had for having personalities it seems like sometimes to kind of just go in where the prized rookie before he's played a game is getting shout outs from his head coach for dancing to Billy Jean and bringing the the team together by uh, lip-syncing Michael Jackson and it's just kind of when you stop and think about some of the things that we've just seen from on the beat it just the culture it slaps you in the face how much different it is how open it is and just how it is like kind of like a player-led team for sure and it all starts with Dan Campbell and I think you saw his ability—he knows how to connect with players because he's been in that position before. But he knows how to talk to them from an authority, authoritative standpoint. That's just really impressive, and it's just kind of—he's genuine. He's as genuine as it gets. There's not a fake thing about that guy. And just—I mean—he's the star of the show for a reason. Ben, I'm sorry, Cap, yeah.
2: go ahead. Oh, I would just say Ben's absolutely right, John. And just to piggyback off that, with two quick points. One is Ben and I watched Hard Knocks together the first episode last week because we were we were going to do a podcast afterward which I know we're probably going to get into a little bit, but um, so we're watching it side by side. And I made him like just sit there while I like kept pausing it in the first four <laughs> minutes because I'm like, Ben, I'm sorry. Like, I know we're trying to watch this, but I need to transcribe this entire thing right now because it's like going to be that viral. It's that funny and that interesting. And this is all again, before the opening credits of the season <laughs> on Hard Knocks and he's already like given this viral speech. It, it was really good stuff. Uh, The second point being, um, to Ben's point, authenticity of Dan Campbell. You know, I think he's so entertaining. He's such a cartoon in some ways that we lose sight of the fact that what he is doing is also effective. It it reaches his assistants and it reaches his, his players. And the thing that I've heard from so many people in Allen Park that's refreshing, especially as it stands in contrast to the last guy who's the head coach in Detroit, is the authenticity of Dan Campbell. And, and that speaks to, to Ben's point. And I thought the best example of that in episode one of Hard Knocks um, from last week was was the linebacker's coach, Covin Shepard. Yeah. He was talking about when he uh, interviewed for the job to become linebacker's coach this past offseason. And Calvin Shepard has very long dreadlocks, which is a, a rare thing for a coach. And he told Dan Campbell, yeah, I'm thinking about cutting the dreadlocks. And Dan Campbell replies something to the effect of, no, you're not. I, I'm hiring Kelvin Shepard, and you're Kelvin Shepard. I, I, and I want the Kelvin Shepard, not the Kelvin Shepard who thinks he has to be, yeah. you know, a certain thing for this job. I want the real thing, and that speaks to the authenticity of Dan Campbell. He he speaks from his heart, which is why he is the way he it is. It's definitely not an act. Um, he's like that every day. Um, but it also creates space and comfort for the people on his staff and his players to also be themselves. And that stuff doesn't win football games by itself, but I think it goes a long way toward building a healthy work culture, a healthy sports culture. And that's something the lines
1: i have really been trying to do after um, things didn't work out with the last, uh, the last head coach. His authenticity is refreshing. It's entertaining. But as a person who loves metaphors and analogies, the guy, he just throws them in a blender. It's like, we're going to drag you from the shallows out to the deep water and bury you. And I'm like, is this like a burial at sea? We're going to like bite your ankles while we're out in the water. I was like, I know he gets wound up, but that I know is part of his, is uh, <laughs> part of his originality of who he is. And that, that certainly comes across in the first episode, but this practically speaking, um, we'll get into the culture and the vibe out there. Cause I think that came through in hard knocks, but it's also come through in your reporting. But has it changed anything to have HBO crews there, like substantially with practice or the way people have to do their jobs? Um, and I will get to this, but I know you had the director of Hard Knocks on. It was a great podcast, Dungeon of Doom. We'll get to that, but uh, the scrutiny is. It, does it feel like scrutiny that they're there? Does it feel like the stakes are higher for the Detroit Lions this year?
3: Um, you know, I just think. The main thing you noticed from our perspective is that when you ask a question, you've got like 35 cameras on you and you're like, oh, I'm just B-roll for the rest of this camp right now. (laughs) And it's, I think that's it. I mean, you know, they're, they're a well-oiled machine. I'll give them props. Even when they had like the full crew of like 35 plus Tar Heel blue shirts running around and stuff. I mean, they are, I mean, that's a well-oiled machine. I mean, they are in and out. I mean... I think obviously the most obvious change is you kind of have to know when you're mic'd up, know what room is mic'd up and stuff like that. I mean, it's not to the level of telling state se- state secrets or anything like that, you know, but uh, it's just kind of, just no, you're mic'd up. Maybe the guy next to you isn't mic'd up. I just think you have to be a little more aware as a player. I think that's the biggest change. I mean, the coaches have told us, nope, we don't care. We're not watching it. We don't notice them. They're pros. And that's pretty much what we've gotten out of them.
2: Yeah, I, I've i heard some stories, you know, I've. It is what, what Ben just said. It's definitely what the coaches have said on the record. I've heard stories, of <laughs> course, about coaches and how they've changed, how they're doing certain things, what they're saying, um, based on having microphones in their lapels or uh, their team meetings uh as, as you can imagine, I think we'd all be different knowing that HBO is on us. And I'm with Ben. Like, some you just they blend in so well, you forget <laughs> they're there. And then it's like, like for example, on day one of training camp, uh, at one point, Dan Campbell was like. 15 20 feet away from me he comes over and says hi we have a brief little one-on-one interaction um and it was it was nice and friendly and just kind of catching up after the summer break and he walks away and it wasn't until like maybe five minutes later i'm like oh yeah like he's mic'd up like that could be on hard knocks like that, that whole conversation could be like a national audience i did i, I just totally didn't, didn't even think of it that way and that's what hbo wants but i can tell you that the, the coaches have changed a little bit their approach the you know the um, what they say to players, they they know that, that people are listening in, and I know that um, there's been a couple of instances where coaches have actually gone to lines personnel and said, "Hey, I kind of forgot HBO here. <laughs> I've said this. I'm a little concerned about how it might play out <laughs> out of context. Can you make sure people know that I'm concerned by, it? you know, whether it's like getting it removed or maybe
1: like having better context built around it if they do use it or
2: something like that."
1: So yeah. that you've sensed. I know Hank Fraley's not playing to the cameras because he looks like Hank Fraley, but that whole thing with like Deuce Staley and, uh, was it Aubrey Pleasant? Uh, Aaron Glenn. Well, Aaron Glenn. Is that, have you seen that before or were they just vamping for
3: the cameras?
2: Every single day, day. John. (laughs)
3: <laughs> like if that's OTAs with four beat writers in attendance, that's how they're acting. Like yep. you know, just like that's crazy. It's just it's right, the best part. Ask, <laughs> let me ask you each
1: a a personal question. How many times have you checked your phone alarm before you walked into press <laughs> or since
2: <laughs> so like that whole thing? So you're you're referencing just for people out there who maybe haven't seen it yet, you're referencing a scene from like the first 10 minutes of the first episode where a reporter's phone goes off. Uh, it was Colton Pouncey from The Athletic, which is funny because he's also this is his first year on the beat. He's replaced Chris Burke. So first press conference for Colton <laughs> of training camp. And his phone goes off. And what, what of course, it's funny. And Campbell's response is funny, John. Um, but I found it like revealing in some ways, too, as a veteran of the Matt Patricia years, because I would say something like three to four phones went off um, during his tenure, all by cameramen, not, not even by reporter. And they all got like this look of death. I I mean, I was sitting there when he was uh, mocking a reporter and going after a reporter for not having like the correct posture. So to contrast like that behavior with Campbell uh, cracking jokes, um, clearly like showing the reporter like, hey, like I saw what happened. It's not like totally cool, but also like playing it off, like understanding as a human that humans make mistakes and it's not like the end of the world. Yeah. And um, and I thought that was a very professional way to handle that interaction versus maybe what happened previously.
3: Yeah, yeah and instead of being negative headlines for a week and completely damaging his <laughs> appearance to the outside world, Campbell brushed it under the rug by being a normal human being in five minutes. And I mean, I went, I, I made sure to tell Colton, I was like, we'd still be looking for you if that happened <laughs> the last Sushi, man. <laughs> I, thought it was, uh, I thought it was
1: ingratiating, <laughs> and it also showed that his intensity is about a competition and, and putting the work in and stuff and not about control you know like like it seemed like Matt Patricia was about he could he could put his pencil behind his ear and he could have bad posture and everything but it was about making a statement about who was in charge and stuff like that and it's pretty apparent that he trust that Campbell trusts his subordinates that he trusts the system that they're, that they're building he lets people be who they are and that's it, it, really came through well and, and so you guys would say and based on what you're saying that what we're seeing on Hard Knocks is not fictionalized or Hollywooded up or anything. It's a pretty fair representation of, of what's happening at Allen Park.
2: Yeah, from the first epi- episode, we'll see how it plays out. I, I was really interested to see that, John, because, you know, TV, one hour of TV, you can you can give certain things a different context than what actually exists, you know, um, you can play things up and so forth. And we see that, I think, all the time, you know, national, a national reporter will, like, breeze in here for a day or two and write a story that maybe is like sort of like factually correct but also doesn't necessarily accurately reflect a greater like truth or or, or art right. everything going on um i thought that the first episode was very well done I, there's nothing that really struck me at least that i'm thinking of offhand that felt like okay like this maybe happened but doesn't usually happen or maybe the way they referenced it
1: mm-hmm.
2: was not totally honest or accurate uh, now I, I was actually like Pleased with the first episode and that I thought it like at least based on my experiences in this building every day for the last um, year and a half it, it thought, I thought it did a very good and accurate job of reflecting the you know the way things are going down here um, for sure yeah and, and Dan Campbell I think the Dan Campbell they, they painted I know he looks like a cartoon some of these things that he's saying but that's like every day I think like every minute talking to that guy is exactly what you saw on HBO I, I thought that was the Dan Campbell that Ben and I see every day as well
3: yeah. I think that was one of the first things we said to each other after we, we watched the 10 o'clock episode when it first aired through and we just, no surprises there. I mean, that captured what we see every day. Like I said, if it's a May practice, if it's in the season, I mean, that captured between Aaron Glenn and uh, Deuce Staley to Dan Campbell. I mean, that's what we see every single day.
1: Yeah. Um, i've mentioned your podcast the dungeon of doom is the best alliance podcast going <laughs> and i'm, gonna, I'm just going to promote it right now and tell people to get out and go on spotify apple wherever soundcloud get get you know subscribe to dungeon of doom but your last episode you had um uh her name's Furman. i can't remember her first name but Shannon. Yeah, yeah she's the uh director of hard knock she's been with the program for a couple of years several years she sounds like she knows what she's doing, but that was a very illuminating conversation. Uh, how'd you score that uh, interview and, and what did you take away from it?
2: I hit up HBO and uh, I was I was kind of surprised at how easy it was to get. Like I just hit them up because the interest was super high and I didn't know what I was going to use it for or what we were going to use it for if it was going to be a story or a podcast necessarily. Um, I just like the interest was so high and I had kind of seen with my own eyes how Hard Knocks was affecting and influencing you know the conversations and the football that was happening in allen park i just kind of wanted to have a better understanding of the other side of that fence you know like what their perception was basically what to expect from the season and whatever other tidbits we could get going forward so i just emailed the uh the pr guy basically from hbo and said um hey you know um this is who i am and where i work i'm the team that I, I, i cover the lines every day um and you know what kind of uh possibilities are there in terms of talking to people from Hard Knocks about, you know, the show's production how that works and what to expect on the season this year. And we were on the phone with Shannon Furman, the director, like three or four days later. So (laughs) it it kind of all came together. I agree with you, John. I thought it was a great conversation, you know, with TV and movies um, as well, I guess. But when you're talking to people who do do this kind of content, the thing that you run into is that there's a pretty hard wall when it comes to what to expect. You know, they don't want to give away storylines and if Mm. they do, they want to have it be in their trailer or however else they're going to like promote their show. And I was like really uh, impressed uh, with with Shannon Furman in in the story she was able to tell about, of course, her experience working with Hard Knocks. I think it's the better part of two decades, if I'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken. She brought a lot of insight into how the show works and, you know, maybe how Lions Camp compares to Cowboys Camp and some of these Mm -hmm. other places that she's been. And I thought that was pretty interesting from my perspective. Um, but also gave us a little taste of the storylines to expect. And it goes back to something Ben referenced earlier, but, you know, making, like nationally, people know Dan Campbell as the kneecaps guy because of some stuff that he had said in his introductory press conference and some of the other, like, you know, kind of outlandish, uh, funny uh, character kind of things that he's shown us over the last year. But there is depth to the man. And clearly what he's doing is resonating in Alan Parks. You know, he, he knows things about football. He's a, uh, hired an intriguing staff here. So Shannon Furman, the director of Hard Knocks said they were going to go, you know, of course, like it was t- tough to like edit down some of Dan Campbell's <laughs> speeches. She said that was like one of the hardest things mm-hmm. about making Hard Knocks. But also they want to do a good job of showing some of the nuance of the man, like contextualizing him. showing I mean, the three dimensional human and, and some of the things that he brings to the table outside of just a, a, a funny quote. She also said that she wanted to show more of the assistant coaching staff than they usually do on Hard Knocks because, frankly, it's a more interesting staff. You've got it's it's not just like you know football lifers. It's former players like Antoine Randall L and Mark Brunel and some of these guys that like are names that people know. Um, And and more than that, but they're connecting with the players in Detroit because of it, and they wanted to show that kind of stuff. And I thought it was a really good podcast for those reasons and really gave our listeners a preview of what to expect. And in the first episode, a lot of what she said uh, has already played out.
3: Yeah, the Lions are interesting. She shared a funny little story because this is actually Mark, Jared Goff and Michael Brockers have been on Hard Knocks three times in seven <laughs> seasons. Three times. I'm not sure seven. that's a good sign. <laughs> and she said when she found out, I mean, this just kind of shows that maybe the relationship she has in the league and the trust that she's kind of gained from these players, she said she shot Jared Goff a text of just that – um uh Forrest Gump on the dock just waving hi just a gift <laughs> to him and he sent back just a face palm and uh, just yeah just looking forward to the player you know I, I'm really curious to see how the assistant coaches get featured and some of those tor- stories told because Todd Walsh, Calvin Shepard are two guys to watch out for I think and she kind of hinted at that too but uh just kind of the players away from the facility too that's something to really look forward to in the coming weeks I think
1: yeah I'm going to use this as a segue uh into something I want to go into um Kind of about the season, I was just sitting on my couch enjoying a nice tumbler of Kool-Aid, listening to the <laughs> podcast, you're talking to her. Everything's just going, you know, according to Hoyle, everything's fine. And then she says, having been in, you know, all these camps around all these teams an NFL veteran, this is different. This camp is different. This team is different. There's a positivity, not that it equals W's, but there's a positivity she's never seen. And, you know, I wanted it was torn between guzzling the Kool-Aid and like <laughs> running to the bathroom because it's like I'm, it's Charlie Brown the football, man. But OK, I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. You tell me. I mean, because really, we've heard slogans. We've seen, you know, new logos. We've seen new uniforms. We seen all kinds of stuff and commitments. But when I see uh, Pené Sewell uh, tossing a- Aiden Hutchinson around like a rag doll. <laughs> I know they got some talent on the offensive line, right? But then I see Hutchinson in the pregame play about a minute and thirty seconds and make an impact. I mean, it all Ws come from uh, a good scheme and a good players, right? And what are the Where are we stand for the Lions fans this year with the product on the field and the quality of the roster? Well, I
2: think you know. This, so this is my tenth training camp in Detroit. I've never covered a different team's training camp, but I've seen ten Lions training camps that I can tell you firsthand that it does feel different um you know and how that translates will play out over time and and, you know you can't predict the future in the nfl no one can a lot is dependent on luck and injuries and then of course the talent which we'll see play out you know going forward but like when you're building a culture this is how you do it like you're doing it in a healthy way and in a genuine way I think one thing that Aaron Glenn has said before, and he also said in the first, uh, first episode of Hard Knocks, is that players can sniff out a fake. And we saw that with the last guy, and it didn't work. He was one guy with the media. He was a different guy with the players. He was a different guy with the cafeteria ladies in Allen Park. He was a different guy with the fans. like, And players see that stuff. And so Wayne marches in there on a Monday after a game, and he's being a fake tough guy act for three hours, um, saying words I can't say. Uh, up and down the line like, like like players don't respond to that players do respond to a guy like dan campbell and his staff because they approach things in an authentic way in a genuine way just wanting to get guys better i mean you heard in, in the first episode of hard knocks dan campbell breaking down the team after a practice on the field and i thought he was going to cry telling the guys how much he cares about them and explaining to them we just hit really hard we just practiced really hard for a couple of days and i know it's hard and you're sore but this is why I do it because I care. And this is actually injury prevention. This is what's gonna make us better. And he's like getting emotional talking about it. Like that's an authentic thing. And it's and, it, and it's not a put on, and players know that because he brings to work every day an authenticity. All that stuff is is, is pretty new in Allen Park. And I think that goes a long way toward building the the like the long arc, John, of this rebuild that they're deploying. And I think with the trajectory they're on, the big wins that you're looking for, the run into the championship. Like they're setting themselves up for that in year four, year five. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they have a quarterback in place, um, I think in the short term, which is what your question was about, in in 2022, I think they are have enough talent, especially in offense, to compete in a wide open NFC North. Their their division. And there's a you know there's been changeover with head coaches and GMs in Chicago and Minnesota both. Um, so there's some opportunities there to, to move up in the division. If you look at the schedule, I think it's very favorable for Detroit. I think it's like the fifth easiest or sixth easiest. Um, so there's like, I, I don't think they have enough high end talent to really compete for, you know, a, a playoff run or certainly a, a Super Bowl at this point, especially with the quarterback situation. I'm, I'm just not a fan of Jerry Goff at that level. But with where this team is at, with the improvement on the offensive side of the ball, uh, a lot of good skilled players at, at receiver and, and so forth. I think they have what it takes to compete, at least for a wild card spot, at least make this year interesting. Something around five five hundred not is not possible anymore because of the seventeen game schedule. Yeah. Um but I think but I think something like seven, eight, nine wins, if all goes well and they stay healthy is uh, possible for this team, which would be a dramatic improvement.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'm in the seven to nine win ballpark too, and a lot of that is with the quarterback, but um I just think to Kyle's point, you know, it's easy to feel good about the direction this thing is going based on the culture building, based on the culture we've reported, based on what you're seeing in hard knocks, paired with, you know, how that offense looked with Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson calling the shots last season. I mean, that was with some empty lemons on the field that they were making lemonades with down the stretch right there. And I mean, you look at growth from a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, a fourth round rookie who Mm -hmm. is the absolute real deal, and you see big growth from guys like that. And then, The roster building through the offseason I mean that offense on paper is so much better than it was one year ago the receivers the five offensive linemen we all know about DeAndre Swift is back TJ Hawkinson is back I mean I'm with Kyle on Jared Goff too he's a bridge he's a bridge quarterback like I I truly believe he is a bridge to the long-term quarterback but the way they are building around him with the guys that trust him with the guys that have his confidence familiarity and comfort at the highest levels that they can be that's that's how you get the best out of a guy like Jared Goff, and I mean, he's got weapons to throw to, and it's just, it, it is easy to see a path to fighting for a wildcard spot, and I know that's crazy to say after last season, but there's just, that offense is a lot closer than it gets credit for, and you don't know when Jamison Williams is going to be back and what he's going to look like, but just between that offensive line, and St. Brown, Swift, I mean, there's, that's some firepower. That's some serious firepower, and they've spent some high draft picks and money on rebuilding that defense and I mean Aaron Glenn, Aubrey Pleasant, Kelvin Shepard and those guys they did a great job with that group down the stretch to stay competitive last season so it's just the culture building the improved roster I mean all of that stuff is working hand in hand and just you know I mean maybe they need some luck with some health on guys like Okwara and Jamison Williams and, and Jeff Okuda and stuff like that but even if those guys suffer another setback this year or anything like that you know it's really easy to feel good about the direction this is headed. So, I mean, I think in our way too early predictions, I had them at nine and eight, and that was before this training camp. So it's just seven, eight, nine wins. You know, that's the ballpark I'll live in for them this year. Yeah, well,
1: I'm, and I'm on
3: a bash, you know,
1: I, I'm a journalist, so I'm neutral, except I'm a fan. I'm a lifelong Lions fan. Okay. Uh you know, I remember a 5-0 loss to Dallas in 1970, things like that, right? <laughs> I remember it all. Uh, Monty Clark praying as, as Eddie Murray missed a field goal in San Francisco. I remember <laughs> it all. I still don't sleep because of the Hail Mary that Hail Aaron Rodgers threw. But all that said, what you guys both said about what they were able to do with their scheme and coaching and everything with the, the ragtag group of people they had and the belief, you know, you belief. If, it's, if the if the people believe, if the players believe you get some lift under your wings and you can make some stuff happen. And now they look like they're get, amassing some talent and that offensive line. I just pray they stay healthy because uh, it seems like that's kind of a linchpin to the offense, too. Um, I will say, and I, I don't hate to correct you on air, uh, Kyle, there can be a 500 record because our <laughs> it <ice and NFL laughs> happened. We've seen it.
2: <laughs> i i do cover the lions so I, yeah. I,
1: I should definitely know right. as high as possible <laughs> even if it was not mathematically possible they'd find a way or like a game yeah. be called at halftime or something anyways uh, <laughs> i want to get through a year uh without the initials sol coming up it's, it, it probably will at some point but it seems different you know it just seems different to me yeah. um final thoughts guys uh on your podcasts uh this year what's going to be happening with the dungeon of doom what you hope to put out to fans and i certainly am going to promote it in my column this week and i'll provide a link to the latest episode
2: yeah thanks for the, thanks yeah. for the promotion it's um it's a lot of fun and we started it last year so we're still kind of tinkering with it experimenting a little bit um i think the bottom line for us is that like anything is on the table um uh, but i think like you know ben and i are both on the same page and that we don't want it to just be another x's and o's kind of football podcast you know Here's a deep dive into, uh, you know, what went wrong on Sunday or whatever it is. Like, there's so much of that content out there and serves a purpose. And I know some people are into it, that, and that's awesome. But kind of the thing that we're going for, and the thing I'm, I'm really excited to show, is maybe some of the more like I almost think of it as like emptying out my notebook to use like rep- reporter language. In that like maybe it's a, a theme that doesn't quite make a story. But there's something there to talk about that's kind of interesting that, you know, either has something to do with the team itself or maybe football itself. Like I know we want to do like a like a food podcast at some point, like a tailgating podcast. And so we want to talk to uh, players about like their favorite tailgating traditions or or foods or memories growing up. Maybe talk to some people in the in the restaurant business or people who host tailgates in downtown Detroit, have them on, you know, something like that Um, as, as an example. Um, and that, so um, you know, we, we want to go think about that stuff. And over the next month, we're also we're big into Hard Knocks, so um, we're talking to the show's director already. Um, we're talking to players who are getting story arcs uh, on there. Um, I know I want to track down uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, who's a sixth-round pick, who's getting more and more love, um, and talk to him about what it's like, you know, doing a Colombian native dance on Hard <laughs> Knocks and stuff, you know, just stuff like that. So. Uh, if you tune in, it's probably not going to be a breakdown of what happened on 3rd and 6th on Sunday, but hopefully <laughs> some pretty interesting topical things with uh, people around the team. I know we want to talk to Lomas Brown again, uh, get an update from him, a former line, offensive lineman, on with everything that's happening on the offensive line in Detroit, that's kind of the strength of the team. They've invested a lot of resources there. So, you know, getting his perspective on Panay Sewell as a uh, former offensive lineman, you know, stuff like that. Um, really trying to drive at what it's like on the beat maybe more so than just you know diving straight into the schematics and and analytics of you know the games itself
3: yeah absolutely i don't have much to add to that the next month is going to be hard knocks focus for sure and then i mean as kyle said we like to play around with it you know we've been spitballing food ideas like that and uh talking to current players, former players, stuff like that. You know, uh, we got a couple uh bucket list guys we'll always try to get, but uh, yeah, dungeon of doom. It's been an absolute blast. So yeah, I appreciate the love. And the, the name dungeon of doom actually yeah. is
2: a, it's making some fun of Jim Caldwell, the former mm-hmm. Lions coach who once said that the media in Detroit was so <laughs> negative um, that he called us the dungeon of doom, which was just too funny. Yeah. Um, uh, and so it, it's making light of that. And so our like ultimate, like uh unicorn no. of a guest would definitely be to <laughs> have Jim Caldwell on the dungeon of doom. I have, I have reached out. <laughs> Jim and I are on good terms and I, I'm hopeful that eventually it'll come through. It has not happened yet. Um, I know he was trying to still make a bid at, at being ahead of the head coaches recently as this, this past off season. Um, so maybe once that's put to bed, maybe he'll be more more down for something like that. So
1: yeah, and you know, I think the ghoul, is. I think the ghoul is dead, and Sir Graves ghastly. I don't think those people are on, vampirilla. the <laughs> so Dungeon of Doom, I mean Ozzy Osbourne maybe, but we'll keep it to football. Uh, hey guys, it's been a blast. Uh, we're gonna have to do a whole other podcast, by the way, Kyle, because. Your secret little foodie thing, <laughs> your last mailbag—I don't know to do that too. Uh, I'm down with what you you went on this. Like you can tell what you're passionate about. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, Dude. like
2: I I let off the answer like I said. I, at last, a question I'm actually qualified to answer. I think is what I wrote.
3: <laughs> Dude, I'm
1: I, I'm a well, I've been to several, and you're not
3: wrong.
2: Yeah.
1: So we'll do yeah. a whole we'll do a whole podcast on that. I'm and, down. Uh, Kyle, Mikey, and Ben Rave, and when I say good luck, I don't mean just alliances. Good luck to you guys, um, and have a have a a good. uh, You know, I hope you enjoy it as much as it comes through in your work. And uh, yeah, go Lions this year. I know you can't say it, but I will in the face. <laughs> thanks for joining this year. And uh, if you're on with well, cameras are always on. So watch your profanity around Allen Park. We appreciate it.
2: I'm here right now. So I know God's watching. <laughs> I
1: got out of there as quick as I could. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Ha- have yeah, thank- a wonderful rest of your week.
0: Thank you, John. And there they go. A huge thanks to Ben and to Kyle and to John for keeping the train on the tracks because he does have a tendency to take that fandom straight off the tracks. But we kept it on this episode and thank you to him for that. As always, if you like what we are doing, like, comment, and share wherever you are getting the podcasts. He is John Heiner. I am Eric Calkrin. And this is Behind the Headlines.